Please turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 6 and stand with me as uh, I read verses 5 through 8. Exodus 6, beginning to read at verse 5. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. Father, I thank you for this, your word, and I pray that as we look at it, our hearts would be prepared to partake appropriately of communion. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Reformation Sunday, and uh, one of the apologetic approaches that the Reformers had was to look at the Lord's table as Passover. It's referred to as Passover in the Gospels, it's referred to that way in the epistles of Paul as well. I'm not going to get into all of their apologetic arguments, though they are very, very strong, very powerful. Instead, this, I just want to point out that the same Passover that was celebrated by Moses and the Israelites was celebrated by Jesus and the apostles, and it pointed to Jesus. He was the final Passover. The same promises that undergirded that first Passover are the promises that are being given to us in this meal here. And what I love about the Lord's table is it appeals to all of our senses. You know, when you read the Bible, you hear it, the ear gate, you see it, the eye gate, but here we get it through the mouth gate. You know, we can taste it, we can smell it, uh, we can touch it. In other words, the gospel is reinforced for our weak faith with all five senses. And so what I want to do is quickly show seven promises given to Moses and directly apply them to us. Um, first of all, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Burdens. Burdens being lifted is a marvelous promise. Uh, one of the things that uh, you see in Pilgrim's Progress is Christian carrying this huge burden and the incredible relief and joy that he receives as that burden is lifted at Calvary. It drops at the, the floor. That's what God intends for us, not be carrying around burdens. Sometimes we have burdens. For years I carried burdens, lacked assurance. God wants us to chuck those. Uh, he wants us to know we can cast our burdens upon him. Second promise, I will, this is verse 6, I will rescue you from their bondage. God doesn't just want us to have less burdens and still be in bondage to Satan. He wants to completely free us from Satan's uh, bondage, uh, the grip that he had upon our lives. And so uh, Paul says, sin shall not have dominion over you. And this is one of the promises of the Lord's table, our sanctification, the victory that we can have and that we can appropriate as we come uh, to receive this promise. Third promise, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. That's also in verse 6. Now, the fascinating thing in the Old Testament, we tend to think of redemption as being only a price. You know, you, somebody gets kidnapped, they want money, right? 
And uh, the redemption, though, can sometimes be the troops going in there with their guns blasting and rescuing the person. No money for you. We're going to redeem this person with power. And so in the Old Testament, there was redemption by money. There was redemption by power. Well, what was the price that Jesus paid? 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19 says, You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So uh, there is the price. The power is mentioned in Ephesians 1.19, which speaks of uh, our redemption and the greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead. So he's saying... The exact same power that raised Jesus from the dead, which is a spectacular power, is at work in us, redeeming us from the power of Satan. So if you look at those two sides, we can rejoice in the fact the incredible price that he paid for you means you are precious. He's going to value you. He's not going to let Satan take you away. And the second part, the power indicates that nothing can take us out of the Father's hand. Uh, he holds us. He can protect us. He can defend us uh, against uh, the enemy. The fourth promise, I will take you as my people. Uh, this is a promise that I had a hard time actually believing in my early years of Christianity. I kept doubting my salvation. I kept doubting that God could love me. Uh, I had an orphan spirit for years and years, but God wants us to ditch that orphan spirit and to say, yes, God is not a liar. He has embraced us to be his people. We belong to him. He cherishes us. He ministers to us. Fifth promise, I will be your God. That's verse 7. So that's the flip side of the coin. Uh, we not only belong to him, he belongs to us. We have a claim upon uh, him and a claim upon his promises. It, like, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Sixth promise, I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So if you're in Christ, you actually have a heritage in earth and you have a heritage in heaven. And he promises that he who has begun... Uh, a good thing, and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He said we could be confident of that. Now, apart from God's grace working in us, we wouldn't make it. But uh, when his almighty power and grace is at work in us, nobody can pluck us out of the Father's hand. Seventh promise, and I will give it to you for a heritage. And that was really the final goal. They were supposed to get into the land of Canaan, which they eventually did. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, there is a heritage on earth, there is a heritage for all of eternity uh, in heaven, and he said the meek shall inherit the earth, that's the first part of that. Sermon on the Mount says that promise continues to abide, the meek shall inherit the earth. But um, Christianity enables us, by his grace, to possess earth and to possess heaven. Now one last thing I want to mention is that he he kind of has bookends on each side of those seven promises. It's the same phrase, I am Jehovah. I am 
uh, the Lord. It's only in Yehoah that our needs can be met, that we can have forgiveness, that we can have fellowship, that we can have any of these promises. And so when we come to the Lord's table, he is saying we need to fix our eyes on Yehoah, not on ourselves. Uh, when we come to the table, we're not providing any wine. We're not providing any food. We don't even provide the glasses. Uh, we just bring our appetites, right? Uh, he provides it all. That's the symbolism that is intended there. And so as you come to the Lord's table this morning, claim those seven promises that he will take your burdens if you're willing to cast them at his feet. He will rescue you from your bondage. He will judge Satan. He will embrace you as his people. He will be your God. He will take you all the way to heaven, and he will give you a heritage on earth and in heaven. And as the great I am, the great Jehovah, he is not only able, uh, he is certainly willing uh, to do this for you. So let's rejoice as we come to the Lord's table. Father God, we are so grateful for your provisions in our lives. We are so grateful for these and many other promises that you have given to your saints. And as we come to this table, uh, we gladly embrace those promises and say thank you. Thank you in advance for the promises that we will experience in this coming week. And we pray that you would set aside these common elements uh, to a holy use as we partake. We would partake in faith and that uh, your power would be manifested in each one in this congregation. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.